1: Have you always wanted to crack the secret to unleashing your partner in the bedroom? Ladies, do you want to know how to give yourself over to your partner even more deeply? Well, do we have a delicious treat for you today? We have the monogamous couple who teaches how to create love that transcends time and space and sex that wakes the neighbors that we just what? talked about. Hey, oh, please welcome the married holistics experts and relationship consultants who are on a mission to help you create a Potent pathway to sacred seven star love. Shasta Townsend and Ian Lavallee.
0: We're so excited. This is the first, you know, married coaching couple that we've had on the show ever. Actually, I'm so excited to have both like the husband and the wife's perspective. This is fantastic. Yep.
2: Not to mention monogamous
0: as well. Monogamous. I know, I know. Katie loves one of your quotes. What's the quote that you love by them so much, Katie? I love
1: um, monogamy. That doesn't have to be monotony, <laughs> which is so true. That's
3: I'm what we're all about.
1: Monogamous yeah. marriage on
0: the show. <laughs> She's in a monogamous marriage. Uh, sugar's in a non-eth- uh, an ethical, non... Hold on. <laughs> I can't. I can talk. Non-ethical. I can talk. A
2: non-ethical marriage. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm in a non-ethical. I'm in a non-ethical
3: marriage. An, just educated. an
0: ethical, non-monogamous marriage. There you go. Um, I am currently monogamous in a monogamous committed relationship as well.
3: Great. Well, this will be very juicy. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: All right. So we want to hear your stories of how you got to monogamy. Doesn't have to be monotony. And we did a um, Clit Talk Confidential video and talked a lot about personal development. But can you kind of tell us your story and how you guys got here?
3: Yeah. You know, Ian and I, how long have we been married? This is the thing that I never remember how long we've been married. Almost 16 years. Almost 16 years. So about Uh 10 years ago. Yeah. About 10 years ago, we were actually near divorce. And we had reached this place where it just felt like we couldn't get along. We weren't seeing eye to eye. We we still had sex and the sex was good. Uh, wasn't like it is now, but it really was a place where I felt like, okay, this guy just doesn't get me. And mm. even though I'm in love with him, I was on this really deep, like I had this very pretentious, like I'm on this deep self-growth, personal development path. And I'm not sure if he's going to come along for the ride. And we really were at a sort of impasse. We had done all the usual things that people do in relationship when that happens and like therapy, et cetera, and things actually got worse. And this culminated for me in a point of me saying, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you thinking? You are totally in love with this man. You fought to be with him what is going on? And I knew enough at the time, thankfully, that I knew I was creating my reality. I knew that I was in some sort of story. I knew that something was going on. I was actually working with a business coach who was the one that helped me actually really look at what was going on. And he said, you can leave him, but you're going to you know, create the same situation with another man again and again. This is really about you and your stuff. You need to look at this and take responsibility. And of course I was like, what do you mean? It couldn't be me. It's got to be him. Um, He's such an asshole. And so, but that really like dark night of the soul where we, we literally, Ian Ian turned to me, it was heartbreaking and said, I guess we're getting divorced. And I could see tears in his eyes and I felt that way. And it was literally that, It was kind of for me saying the final straw. I've got to take some responsibility and actually begin to really look at who am I being in this relationship and what's the story that I bring in, which is what we, you know, really help people do at a deep level. Which literally overnight, it sounds dramatic, but because I was showing up in a very different way, I felt like you know you showed up in a totally different way. It wasn't like this defensive, argumentative. I just kept saying like I want you to talk to me, and that never happened. And then,
4: yeah, it it actually Shasta in that night created a space that was um, safe for me to actually be vulnerable and um, talk to her and say, "This is what you know, what I'm feeling, where I'm coming from." And at the same time, as Shasta was feeling all this, I was like, you know, angry at work. I wasn't getting along with friends. It was, you know, it was clearly it was me too. Like it wasn't. Mm shasta's problem we were both showing up in a certain way towards one another and it's that night where we just took total responsibility for you know who we were being in that time and we made the decision that we were going to show up in our best selves for one another for the rest of our lives
3: and it really was you know it it's it's a journey i mean and we also had support in 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 a you know mentors look. Pointing this sort of sacred mirror, but what we what I right. realized your question about you know personal development at the time is that I was diving really deep into sacred feminine paths and tantra and um, universal laws, and yet i I didn't fi- I hadn't figured out how to bring that into my relationship. It was like all this very deep personal, like literally personal, and that there was this huge rift in myself really about this idea of being an empowered spiritual, like alive woman that was actually radically in love and vulnerable with a man. And that was really challenging for me at the time. And it, I, and that really led us to do the work that we do now, which is to actually say all this work that we might be doing as individuals that actually needs to be brought into your relationship. It can't be just a narcissistic pursuit. It has to be, how am I showing up in the bedroom? What am I actually doing with this person? And the the sort of surprising paradox around all of this is that when we do that, our partner actually responds. Like, you know, in, felt suddenly like, oh, I can actually, she is actually going to hear me. She actually, it is safe for me as a man to talk about what I want to talk about and not feel totally judged. And so this is the, the aspect of, you know, taking personal responsibility, but then bringing it forward in our life and bringing it in mm-hmm. with our partner, which is normally the person that triggers the shit out of us. Right.
4: Well, well first of crazy. all,
0: yeah i love- I love that you guys are so vulnerable about because you know a lot of times on the show we talk about things that are taboo, and I think that a lot of people think talking about the fact that they've either been on the ver the you know the verge of divorce is sort of taboo in a weird way in itself so first of all, I just really commend you for being so vulnerable and being willing to talk about like hey, we were there. it can happen to any couple and it really takes something to make a relationship work. And one of the things that when we were talking before we were doing that episode is you talked about a lot of the things sort of leading up to that moment, like the past based traumas that had an impact on that. Um, can you touch a little bit about like, you know, why we're all a little bit, you know, scared and wh- how we all carry that trauma with us and how we can we start to dismantle that so that we either don't get to that point or for the people who are listening or maybe at that point in their relationship, how do they, you know, come through and have sex that the neighbors want to hear? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or the, the sex the
0: neighbors hear. Oh, <laughs> there's just the sex that the neighbors hear. Oh, <laughs> I want to have sex my neighbors want to hear. Sorry, that was maybe I was just adding that. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs>
4: Um <laughs>
0: sorry <laughs> maybe I just I just imprinted my fantasy on you guys I didn't mean to phrase
1: it that way <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm, I'm like really um. lucky our neighbor our, there's a guy who lives in the um, back house at our place and he's partially deaf and my husband is <laughs> a back there and so he can't and our bedroom's right next to us, so he can't hear the music and he can't hear us having sex it's amazing
0: Actually, Ryan and wow. I talk about like in our dream house, what we, because I'm also a musician, what we are going to create is a secret sex room that's like behind a bookcase that is soundproof, but has a baby monitor in there. So we're not being irresponsible, but the kids will never hear us. <laughs> that's, that's my Ryan. dream.
3: <laughs> so you're not traumatizing your yeah. children. <laughs> trauma. well, yeah. I don't want <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. right? yeah. to thing- traumatize my kids. <laughs> I was traumatized.
0: I was I heard, my parents, I
2: heard my parents banging like every time. And I walked
0: weird. in on my parents. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, back to the question I asked you
4: before I, we I, got I, off track. I can do all of that. My dad said to me one time <laughs> when we came home from a hunting trip, Oh son, did I ever punish your mother last night?
3: What? <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of oh. trauma. Yeah. Speaking yeah,
4: of speaking, trauma.
2: Speaking of trauma.
4: Speaking of traumas, and I was thirty-five at the time, so
2: um. <laughs> and you were still traumatized. <laughs> I feel like that more okay,
0: when you because <laughs> you know what he's talking about. Yeah, when I when you first told that story, I'm like imagining this eight-year-old boy, and I'm like, yeah. Jesus.
4: <laughs> no, we're we we were you were an adult. For, we were gone for like ten days, and I came home, and, and we we didn't live together. Like Shasta and I were married at the time, but I. Like the next day I was talking to him on the phone and that's what he decided to drop on me. And I was like, oh, shit.
0: you like, thanks, um, dad. Thanks. So, oh my God. We were talking
4: okay. about trauma, right?
0: Yeah, how do you Yes. Know we, we we were, I don't know how we ended up here, but that was the original question.
4: Um,
0: I think
4: um, we all carry some kind of trauma with us, whether it be um, hearing our parents or walking in on our parents or some kind of explanation or even like a sexual assault or um, rape. I think every human being has experienced some kind of sexual trauma. And I think the the biggest thing for all of us is just to do the best we can to forgive ourselves, to help us move forward and know that we're, you know, whether it was a story that we were told about sex when we were younger or something that happened. The
3: thing with trauma is that I I think there's, in our culture, there's what we recognize as trauma, and then there's what we don't recognize as trauma. And, Mm. and, And I think the other thing with trauma is that, those of us that grew up in homes, for me, I, I grew up in a really abusive household. So I actually couldn't even recognize trauma. I didn't understand what trauma even was. I didn't understand what abuse even looked like because what I was, seemed normal to me. But what happened is that, you know, then I built this, this sort of like instant defense mechanism when it came to vulnerability. And so what happens when, you know, and as Ian said, all of, Every human has experienced trauma, whether they acknowledge it as trauma. And I don't think we need to like. There's it. It there is a mental, emotional, like actually biochemical experience to that. But what starts to happen is that it actually can be something that then, at an unconscious level, one we're either used to it and it's familiar. So for me in my relationship, you know, Ian and I. As I, as we shared, we had, we came to the place of divorce. But when I look back on it, I was like, oh, I, I used to get freaked out when he was nice to me. I'd be like, what, what do you want? Like, what's going on here? And I was so defensive as a woman because I had experienced so much trauma. I'd been sexually assaulted when I was eighteen by my very long term boyfriend, and so it kind of left the scar in my brain of like, oh my god. get ready for him to turn into, you know, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, because that's what men do. And I didn't even realize that I actually was manifesting that. I was actually making that a truth in my life and that I would unconsciously, you know, I I probably unconsciously showed up in ways that did challenge you. And you had, you know, from a masculine perspective, you grew up in a really like working class, like men are men kind of household. And you are a very masculine person, but you're very open and soft now, like open hearted now. But I think in our marriage and our relationship is that you were carrying the trauma of like, boys don't cry and don't be a pussy Mm. and like, (laughs) don't share your feelings. And, and, you know, you don't, we don't talk about things in our family. And
4: I think that was,
3: you know, that that's what I've heard you kind of talk about is that side of masculinity. That's so toxic.
4: From my point of view. Yeah. Like from my side, that was the that was the the toxic part where we like there was nothing that was ever shared. Um, like literally from from definitely the male side. Like my dad was never a hugger or like didn't ex- express emotion very well, expressed yeah. anger very well.
0: I have a lot of family in Minnesota. They go on 10 day hunting trips and everything. So you remind me a lot of my family and I'm just, I'm blown away. And I'm, I'm just thinking about the listeners who are listening right now and they're like, Oh my God, you know, Ian, this, this is my partner right now. What did it take for you to actually break free from that? And, you know, what, what can somebody listening right now, how can, you know, someone who's having their listener their partner listened to this or something. And I'm sure that it wasn't easy if, if the rest of your family is living in that sort of masculinity, like what can somebody really do in that situation to start breaking away from that?
4: For me, and I'll tell my side, it was really just a decision. Um, and going back to the night that we spoke about before, like where Shasta and I were on the edge of divorce and I was like, Jesus, if I can't make it work with this woman, like we had fought so hard to be together. Um, uh, she's literally my best friend. I was in love with her from the first time I saw her, and yeah. we had gotten to a point where I had adopted all these stories and was playing all this out. That I really just had to go. This is this is my fault. Like I'm going to have to take the personal responsibility of how I'm showing up, and really, like, is this the way I want to live the rest of my life? Is this mm. is mm. this really it? Good question. And I was like, it, there's, I think we've all looked around in our lives at one point in time and another and go, there's got to be more.
1: And your, and your access to that freedom was the radical responsibility that you have both talked about. And, um, that's where you really found the freedom that you were looking for.
4: Yeah. I, like the radical responsibility, when, as soon as you take responsibility for who you're being, then you get to make all the decisions then you're not mm, playing yeah. that then you're not playing that old story you can show yep. up how mm. how how you want to show up
0: We started with a mission wanting to make a difference, and we've done 158 episodes. We've lived our lives through this journey. We've talked to some of the best experts and sex experts and doctors and had multiple courses and experiences. And the three of us came together and we wanted to create something really extra impactful. You know, we always do something fun for Masturbation May and self pleasure, and we really got that the message and the mission this year had expanded. And so what we've done is we've taken all of our experience, all of our knowledge and thousands of hours of studying what it is to live a pleasure-positive life. And we have put it into a free, that's right, free, free five-day live challenge. We're going to be live with you on Zoom. There's going to be assignments. There's going to be distinctions and tools. And this is really for anybody who is feeling disconnected or lacking a community or doesn't have the time to figure out what their desire is let alone make it real in the world (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you're like like yeah must be nice for those people please come join us
2: sign up for our self-pleasure challenge at clittalkshow.com backslash self-pleasure and get ready for magic in may hey clitorati we wanted to take a quick minute to share about our patreon You know, we absolutely love being able to create weekly episodes and continue to normalize our message of pleasure on earth.
1: Our Patreon is a monthly subscription crowdfunding platform that allows us here at Clit Talk to have the flexibility to expand our message without having to worry about how it's going to financially impact us personally. We are committed to expanding and
2: creating new and exciting things like live events and a safe VIP community so you can share and be heard in real time. So if Clit Talk makes a difference for you and you'd like to connect
0: with us on a whole new behind-the-scenes level, please consider supporting our Patreon. Your support makes a huge difference for us so we can make a difference for you.
2: I can see this show having shown up like all of COVID these last uh, eight months where this is showing up in my relationship. And there's so much awareness, so much awareness, so much awareness, but it's so frustrating when you can't uh, transmute that awareness into a breakthrough and truly take responsibility. And I've had the experience of, after a lot of looking, getting to the thing that there is to be responsible for. And then there's other areas and other blind spots that have been exposed during COVID. Thank you, COVID. Uh, which I wish <laughs> I I can't it get to out that out. point where mm-hmm. like I'm I'm saying, okay, I'm going to take responsibility for this, but it's words and it's not really resonating. And the way I can tell is because I keep showing up the same way. These kind of similar episodes that are coming from the source internal dialogue. I see it. It's happened several times in COVID where I've had, I mean, nearly a meltdown. Let's call it a meltdown. And it's all been the same story, same experience, lack of worthiness, feeling. Um, like, men don't really love you, they're going to (laughs) leave. They'll leave at some point. So you can't trust anything they say, even when they say, I love you. And um, I'm just getting right now that I've been frustrated about not being able to distinguish what there is to take responsibility for in this arena. And I think it's because I've done it in other areas. I've done a lot of work with these two beautiful ladies here that it can get to a point you're like, gosh darn it, what tools do I... Like, why can't I get to it? I've done so much work. I'm, We've I, done a I, lot. <laughs> right? So, yeah, I wanted to speak to that because I'm on this pursuit to get to the bottom of it, but it's almost like in wanting to take responsibility, I'm almost getting in my own way of taking responsibility.
1: Like avoiding. It's having to avoid <laughs> yeah. it.
2: But it's like, I want to get... Yeah, it's high, I totally.
3: Think, I think the thing with that though, and I mean, and here's the thing, and I know we're going into this conversation even deeper. And I, I love the way that you just said that is... You know, as we said, this is the first step. The first step is, I mean, most people are walking around completely unconscious, even those of us that think we're conscious, as I was back then. Right, and mm-hmm. so then there's this awareness of like, oh shit, it's actually this thing over here, and and most of the time, as you said, sugar, you know, you, we do have blind spots. We think it's this thing, and it's actually this thing. I mean, I literally had a conversation with one of our mentors like a year and a half ago, and I was like, oh, it's this thing, and he's like, no, Shasta, it's fucking you. Like, it's you, this thing <laughs> coming up for you again, and I was like, no, no, I think it's you. you Need people like that um, in your life. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 it's you. And uh, but here's the thing, and here's the thing that we do differently and why I'm so passionate about this is that you do have to have a conscious cognizant recognition of things, but then you actually have to have a sort of, neurophysiological embodied experience of what would that actually look like to not even be that person anymore. Mm -hmm. So one thing to say to myself, oh, you know, I get a little triggered about, uh, say like uh, money and men, for example, like a lot of women, very successful women. This was one of my stories. I was like, oh, I always have to have a bank account and like an evacuation plan. And (laughs) I, you know, I need to have an ability (laughs) to like always navigate. And there's no question, like, of course, I want to be successful. I, I want money flowing freely in my life. But that story is coming out of an unconscious pattern. But here's the problem. I don't know what it looks like to actually not have that story until I know what it looks like not to have that story. And that mm. is the decision, you know, as as... We were speaking to this earlier before this, this beautiful conversation is it really was then, well, the next stage in our relationship was there was a point where we actually said, what, what's the possibility that we could actually create as individuals? And what's the possibility we could create as a couple? And I don't think very many people ask themselves that question. Not just let's get out of survival mode or get past the old patterns, but like, what's the new, what's a new paradigm? What's something that we could actually step into? And for me, I was like, well, I have to have an awareness of these stories, but then I have to actually like imagine and actually step into the future reality, which means the embodied experience of the woman who is that. So here's the, the interesting, tough, courageous, scary, and exciting part of that is I have to abandon as you even just said, sugar, like I have to abandon the idea that I even have to look for something that's wrong anymore. I have an awareness like, okay, I get a little bit triggered around things, but I'm not even gonna tell myself that story. I'm actually gonna now like nurture and create a story of, um tr- of deep trust of what would it actually look like to be in a relationship where we're completely honest around money, sex, etc., and not to have yeah. one foot out the door. And what happens is you actually repattern everything in your body, you repattern your your, you know, the the brain body response. And you you literally repattern like I feel like the the orgasms that I am having now are like vastly different just because I'm not so defensive. I'm not so like waiting for, you know, Ian to disappoint me. And, and alternatively, you know, at the same time, it's not just all on women. It's also that, you know, he stepped into this place of saying, yeah, I want to be in that reality. I want to do those things. I want to be the man who can do that. And, you know, that this is, there is, there is a little, like, we've got this sort of like self-help hangover where I think part of it is you need to have those awareness. And then it is let's actually create a bigger possibility. Like let's dream bigger people and let's actually step into being that person, you know, this divine being that we're all born to be. And our relationship is the the perfect portal to do that. Well, and
0: I love... Well, I love that one of the things we were talking about before we like got into this episode was um the sacred sex archetypes that you guys talked about that made such a huge difference for you and um and and the definitions of like the, the divine masculine and then the divine feminine. Can you guys get in a little bit specifically of how you use those to really make a difference for your for your relationship and for the people that you coach?
3: So, yeah, absolutely. It's it's such an interesting thing because, you know, I think that the word tantras entered the mainstream and a lot of people at least have a, an inkling. And I mean, they think it's like 18 hours of nonstop sex and it's not. Um, I mean, if that's your thing, that's great. But I I
0: mean, you know. I think Sugar that I would be into that though. Maybe Katie
3: also.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. I can take it. A pussy a can time. take a pounding, Katie. Come on. <laughs> it doesn't sound appealing to me at all. No, well, you don't have I'm to pound it. Tantra is like so
0: much more than a pounding.
3: Come on, this is really the idea, though. I mean, what's interesting about tantra that's often missed is that there is a sort of sacred agreement around stepping into this higher elevation. And but here's the tricky thing: is that this is really a paradigm that's not actually been on our planet for almost two thousand years. This is a paradigm that was largely wiped out when patriarchy took over, and it's really a paradigm where we're not seeing sex in this. Patriarchal or even like post feminist way, we're actually seeing sex as here's an opportunity for me to be fully surrendered to somebody. And as someone who's, we all have all experienced trauma. Um, that sounds scary as hell, but that's actually part of the sacred feminine archetype. And also in some uh, lineages called the sacred prostitute, but not prostitute the way we think of it. It really, it's the idea of being fully surrendered, fully taken, fully yeah. present and allowing. Intimacy, sex, orgasm to actually be a gateway to like wild love, vast connection, like transformative experiences. And this is what I'm talking about when I said, like, we actually have to experience being almost a different person. And that's what Ian and I started to really dive into a couple of years ago is to say, you know, what would it be like to be in an intimate relationship where there's no more walls, there's no more guards, the old stories are completely gone? We're actually stepping into what would it look like to be this embodied, totally present person having really like hot, you know, sex and what, what, what does that actually look like? And that's for me personally as a woman, it was completely transformative. It was scary as hell in the beginning because it meant. I had to let go of my need to constantly be in control. It had to let go of all the stories I told myself about myself sexually um, to allow myself to receive more, which actually was more challenging for me uh, to be, you know, quote unquote, completely vulnerable, taken, seen. But it was translated into a huge level of intimacy and commitment in our life. I actually feel like I'm a different person. I feel like every relationship in my life changed. Because I let down and I stepped into a whole way of thinking and being and experiencing myself, which comes out of this sacred feminine archetype, but it requires the you
4: know i mean we're
3: in a we're in a heterosexual relationship it can but it, the sacred masculine,
4: yeah, and then when we're speaking about the sacred masculine, the sacred feminine, we're speaking about it on an energetic level. it's not like we're walking around as two sacred physical beings we're um we're
3: but there like, is something that you had to hold as a man, though,
4: yeah, um, in that way, but we're letting our spiritual like our like that sacred masculine feminine energy combine for that sexual experience, but in order for um like Shasta to surrender or to be in that sacred feminine, I had to show up in a different way, physically show up, but on an energetic level to allow her to be there i think we all know that orgasm starts in the brain and in order for her to feel safe and the brain to let things go to that deeper level i had to show her that i could be that man that sacred masculine and let that energy out to meet her in that spot
3: which it's a, it's kind of an interesting archetype because it's both strength and softness in, in masculinity, which is what the, the really, um, you know, archetypal masculine pre-patriarchy was, is that it was this, this warrior of the heart energy, you know, and sort of like Templar Knight energy. And it's not that common in our world. You know, I think it's more and more men are stepping into this, but it's, it's an interesting thing because it's a leading energy. It's not a masculine energy that got his balls cut off. It's very right. strong masculine energy, but it's a very like warm, open, um, safe place. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I could feel the shift. I could feel like, oh, I can actually surrender because he's totally got me. He's not overpowering me. He's not dominating me, but there is a sort of like leading energy. And I think that a lot of women, like we actually crave that. We crave a man who's like, I've, I've I I'm fully in control of what's going on here in terms of my own self. I've got full confidence, you know, and you yeah. can trust me and, and and that that's how I think you know, you started the show by saying like how do you actually like allow women to completely open up to you and have these like wild ecstatic orgasmic mm-hmm. experiences? And right. there's so much pressure on women to find this and they and we do have to step into that, but it also is you know, as Ian said, like meeting in this place. and it's well, amazing. and i
0: and I think I think it's really great. like I think we've talked a lot about trauma on this episode, and one of the things that you're touching on that we talked about before this was really disrupting the unconscious defense patterns of trauma. Is there any are there any like tools or tips or things that you guys have done that have really worked for you guys to sort of start to disrupt those patterns and get to the beautiful place that you're at?
3: Well, you know, as we said, one, it is a decision of like, I'm just not going to go there. And, and I know it can sound like, well, what do you mean I'm not going to go there? But I'll tell you that when I really decided to do this, I was like, I'm, I'm not, I, when I'm, with my husband, uh, or, you know, in this moment, literally any other thought has to be removed from my head. And we can master those thoughts. We can say, I'm going to be fully present in this moment. I think then the other thing, you know, because what we know about neuroscience and creating is that then you have to actually say, this is this is what I'm intentionally choosing. You know, and you've heard us really say that again and again, but it's actually that simple and that paradoxically hard because we've been trained into thinking and feeling and being a certain way. And we do have choices and we can say, no, this is it. And I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that was really challenging for me, and I know like women out there are going to roll their eyes at this, is that I I was not into receiving oral sex. It never, I felt super vulnerable. Um, it, I couldn't orgasm that way very well. And so one of the things that would come up for me as soon as we'd start you know, having oral sex, Ian was always like, I really, I'm really, i really into this. I had trouble receiving. Is I literally, and even now there's times where I have to turn off a switch in my brain and say, no, I'm choosing this. This is pleasurable. You can allow this. You can receive this. Let yourself be open. You know, let it go. He's super into you. He's super into your pussy. Like you're, It's this is a good thing. Allow yourself to be taken this way. And it, it's actually that, simple and yet that powerful because the old voice was like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't like this. He probably doesn't like the way I smell. He doesn't... And I go down this whole route and... Yeah. And I had to just be like, fuck it. I'm not going to do that anymore. And what starts Mm -hmm. to happen going back to my response to, you know, Sugar's great question is also that now like 99% of the time, I don't even have to go down that route. My body and mind and heart automatically go to, this is a good thing. I've reprogrammed. I'm in, I'm ready. And this is the reality that I'm living in. So that's the, you know, the simplest way to to explain that um, in this time. That's amazing.
0: And the last thing that I really want to make sure that we touch on with our listeners is you also really do a lot of work with single people, as well as couple. I know we've been talking a lot about couples dynamic, but I want to make sure that everyone's represented in this episode. Is there any advice that you specifically have um, for single people in creating this relationship, either with themselves or making for the making sure that they're manifesting this in their life? Like, what is what is the coaching you do around with your with the people who are not in a romantic relationship?
3: Usually with singles, you know, the first thing is that to get really clear on what you do want, and most of the time we're like, oh, I think I want this thing, but there's usually again some unconscious blocker story and or like, oh, mm-hmm. I'll never have that. There's no great guys, there's no great women or the blah blah blah. And just to like let all that go and be like, this is mm-hmm. actually really really what I want and let it be bigger than what you think it is. Mm-hmm. And at the same time then say, well, who do I need to be? In order to attract that person, because that's right. very much, you know, we're actually attracting what we allow, but also who we're being. Yeah.
2: It comes down that's to, amazing. from everything you guys have said, it just sounds like it all comes down to who we're being and starting there and looking at who am
3: I being? And I that's great really willing to. That's great mm-hmm. news because you're the one that gets to decide, you know, and how powerful you are. And that we're not victims of anything. You know, we're not victims of our past. Mm-hmm. We're not victims of trauma. We're not victims of culture. We're not victims of gender. We're not victims of anything. Yep. We get to decide. Right. And that's fucking amazing. Cool. That's great news. Well,
0: no, I love that you guys say it's B because I think so many people have it backwards. They think once I have something, then I'll be what I want. You know, and then I'll, you know, once I do what I need to do, then I'll have what I want and then I'll be happy. But it's really like, it really is be do have. Mm-hmm. You be who you want to be, you take the actions to support who you're being, and then you get to live that possibility for the rest of your life. It really is be do have. And I love that that is really a point that you guys have been. Have been drilling home and it's super powerful. And um, it's been such an honor to have our first, you know, married couple co-coaching people on the episode ever. We've done over a hundred episodes. We never had this privilege before. Yeah. And so we really, really appreciate you guys taking your time, sharing your vulnerable stories, sharing the ethos of your coaching that you do with people. Um and so for anyone who's listening what is the best way for people to get in touch with you and to connect with you and to and to dive deeper into the ethos of what you guys are creating
4: um, you can find us at sevenstarlove.com And, and that's
3: seven literally the number 7 because we're way beyond five star we're into seven
1: stars.
4: <laughs> <laughs> love it I love One
3: it <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> yeah, and and we also have a podcast called Sexulence, and it's very much about you know bringing this sacred love, sacred romance, sacred sex into uh, relationship, marriage, relationships. So, and we're just we're so thrilled. Thank you for having us. You are all yeah. so amazing, and you know, love. We love 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 you.
0: Thank you, Aww. thank you. Well, you guys have been amazing, and um, you know one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode is I'm dealing with a lot of my own trauma that's come up for me. And you guys really did um, connect to me in the way that you coach people. And I think that what you're doing is making a huge difference in the world. So we just really appreciate the work that you're doing out there in the world as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> All right. And with that, Clitorati, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye. Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe. But only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if we're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships. And world
2: peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, It's very much appreciated and thank you.